Welcome to the FFI Practitioner Podcast. Jordan Rich here. Today, we're bringing you a conversation with Jason Jay, Senior Lecturer and Director of the MIT Sloan Sustainability Initiative. He also works as a facilitator for companies, organizations, and business families, supporting high-quality conversation and shared commitment to ambitious sustainability goals. Dr. Jay is presenting a keynote at the FFI Global Conference entitled, Creating Climate Futures, Business in a Changing World. And so much of what you do and talk about and teach has to do with sustainability. Now you're bringing this to the family enterprise. How is it shaking out so far? I mean, I think this is a, a really interesting and important intersection. I, the physical effects of climate change that we're already locked in for are going to be affecting all of us, all of our communities, all of our supply chains. And understanding that is clearly a, a, a key piece of the puzzle. And the governments and capital markets and businesses and civil society are all heavily engaged in trying to create a climate transition, meaning a transition to a lower carbon uh, world that will be safer from from some of those physical impacts. But that in turn creates transition risks that are relevant to every business, whether that's increases in um, energy prices or, you know, the inability to use certain kinds of energy or, um, you know, incentives for changing agricultural practices. There's a whole suite of things that are coming and that are being experimented with around the world that will affect people's businesses. Um, and so there's a set of risks that's relevant to any business, whether you're, um, you know, family held or publicly traded or, um, you know, owned by a private equity firm. Um, but I think what is interesting, particularly interesting for the family-owned enterprises is the long time horizon of your viewpoint, right? You're, you're in, you've been in business for multiple generations, you're aiming to be in business for multiple generations. And so um, to be a sustainable enterprise in that sense means that you've got to really be on top of these emerging physical and transition risks. Um, and you're also trying to create a business that your kids are going to be proud of and that the next generation is going to want to meaningfully engage in. And that means a business that's on the right side of history um, and that is being part of this transition and actually harvesting, not just not just managing the risks, but really harvesting some of the opportunities involved in the growth of new arenas of, uh, you know, kind of green business broadly defined. Um, so that's, I think it's a really exciting territory at this intersection between family enterprise and uh, climate and sustainability. You're a positive thinker on this subject. You believe we can come together. Uh, you wrote a book called Breaking Through Gridlock, which I think is appropriate for these times. Generationally, uh, there are so many chasms when it comes to, to families. You know, you got the yes. old school, the new school. You're taking a systems approach, and I'm going to back off as the layman here and ask you to sort of just talk about the the examination of family systems and how they can come into play. Yeah, sure. At, at MIT Sloan, we run programs for families, and um, where where we ask family teams to come together with senior gen and next gen members together to think about the future of their enterprises. And um, John Davis leads those programs. I'm an active part of them, and we, um, you know, as a, a key piece of that experience is this kind of cross-generational dialogue, right? We have a day where we sort of break out the next gens and the senior gens separately, and we reflect together, and then we sort of bring back the findings. And it's a quite rich um, exploration of the 
different expectations that they have of each other and what it will take to move the family enterprise together um, to move it forward. I am a big believer that that kind of dialogue is possible. Of course, when we're talking about these issues around climate and sustainability, um, you know, they land differently for senior gen and next gen and not always in the way that you expect, right? Sometimes we see families where, you know, the senior gen sort of doesn't see this as a big issue. And the next gen says like, this is our planet. We need to fix this. And they're sort of, you know, um, trying to rattle the cage. Uh, but we also see the other way around. We also see families where the next gen is sort of caught up in the wealth and the sort of trappings of being a, you know, um, an owning family and the senior gen are thinking about their legacy and they're thinking about, wait, what are we actually leaving behind? What kind of future are we creating? Not just for our kids, but for our grandkids. And so we don't sort of assume that there's going to be one way that that conversation is going to go. Um, the thing that we've learned is that anytime that you have a topic that is polarized in the broader political culture of uh, the United States or Australia or wherever, right? You have to be sort of thoughtful about how you're going to address that, whether it's diversity, equity, inclusion issues, um, or other social justice issues or climate issues. Um, you have to be thoughtful about how you approach those. And um, one of the, I mean, you mentioned the systems approach. That what that means for us is sort of two layers. One is thinking about sort of the social system of the family, right? And how, um, you know, what kind of coalitions and factions are there? And, um, you know, how do you, if you want to have a high quality dialogue, how do you have to sort of bridge those chasms and so on? But also the systems approach is about, uh, is about taking a kind of objective view of those larger systemic challenges. So if you want to understand climate change, you know, don't just have it be like a kind of um, talking back and forth about whether you think it's a real issue or not. Like, let's open up an interactive simulate. Let's open up a computer simulation tool where we can really explore, um, you know, what the physical risks are. Let's play with the assumptions and see if you have different views of the world, how that's going to change. And what are the different kind of climate actions that are actually going to have a real impact? What are the transition risks? So that the tool becomes a way to have kind of like a um, a neutral space in which to explore these questions and then upgrade the quality of that conversation so that it's grounded in data and science and research and an understanding of the system, but it allows for people to kind of bring their perspectives to the table, but also challenge them. And that's what we're going to do at the FFI conferences. I'm going to is I'm going to take the whole group through an interactive exploration of our climate simulation tool, which will hopefully, you know, again, upgrade the quality of the conversation about these issues at the conference and support the participants in doing so with the families that they that they uh, advise. Most helpful for the family enterprise advisors. The definition of sustainability right off the bat, you could ask 10 different people and they'd have 10 different answers, Jason. You know, I mean, if you think about sustainability is about the future, right? It's about what kind of future are we creating? Uh, at MIT Sloan, we define it in terms of humans and nature thriving for generations to come. Um, and of course, that's complex, right? That, that you know, which humans, where, um, how do we define thriving? Um, you know, what's the relative balance between humans and nature thriving if we're trying to grow our economies in emerging markets, right? 
it's not a simple or uncontested question to say, what kind of future are we creating? But it's the fundamental question because we've never before lived in an era, what scientists call the Anthropocene, which is where the actions of humans are deciding the future of humans and the planet in a, in a more fundamental way than ever before. So, um, so yeah, it, it is, it is complex. The capital markets define things in terms of ESG, environmental, social, and governance characteristics of firms. Um, and there's a set of indicators and things that people are starting to measure about firms. Um, some families are try are starting to bring that into their own governance and thinking about their enterprises. Um, so it's not that it's, it's, it's a complete like kind of cloud, mm. but it is a complex set of indicators that have real trade-offs and conflicts between them. And that's why breaking through gridlock is so important. That's why the quality of conversation is so important is because we have to be able to address the multiple different dimensions of the future that we're trying to create together. And if you have people coming into that conversation totally laser focused on one dimension, be it, you know, quarterly profitability or greenhouse gas footprint or, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, and they're not willing to sort of consider the other facets at all, um, and they're dead sure that they're right and others are wrong, um, and they're coming in sort of with a way of being that is judgmental and self-righteous and frustrated and defensive, the quality of that conversation is not going to be what we want it to be. Mm -hmm. So so we have to, um, you know, we, we, we have to invite people to reflect on their own way of being, their own um, anchoring in their own positions. And, you know, like any good negotiation kind of work, right, um, really try to inquire more and, and seek to understand others' perspectives and values and look for ways to innovate together to break the trade-offs to address the conflicts or tensions that exist between these different facets right. of again, the future that we're trying to create. Well, before we wrap up to address the myopic dementia that's going on in this culture, you had three things that I noted, and I'll have you just to comment on them briefly. And I'd like to laminate these three and put them in my wallet, okay? Think outside the comfort zone, don't go in hot, and listen for what people are for and not just against. Comment yeah. if you will. Sure, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll zoom in on that last one. I think, you know, when we come into a conversation, it's like, I have my position, um, my thing I'm advocating for, and I have your opposition. I just know that you're against me, right? Um, I'm not even necessarily even asking about what you're, what, what you're standing for. And so to, to sort of pause for a second and suspend the thing that I'm advocating for and, and ask the question, what is it that the other person values that I might have been undervaluing? Um, you know, is, is if I'm saying, you know, we've got to undertake these huge investments to decarbonize our whole business um, and, you know, and, and somebody's resisting that, what is it that they care about? What is it that they fear they might lose? What is it that they're trying to protect that they're standing for, you know, which which might be kind of the, you know, nearer term liquidity of the family enterprise and the ability to you know, pay dividends to kind of critical stakeholders, can I get to a place where I acknowledge that I also care about that, or at least can appreciate that? And then can we explore together ways to do this in a way that addresses both of those sets of concerns? It does it in a more cost-effective, cost-efficient way that draws in financing from unusual sources that, you know, allows us to bridge that gap. 
um, that's the kind of journey that I often find myself taking people is they're resisting me to they're taking this position to they value this thing to we value these things to we are exploring together ways to, you know, kind of create more, you know, the break the trade off, create more than the sum of the parts around these issues. And practice makes perfect like anything else. It's it's muscle memory. If you start to employ these techniques and we're addressing, of course, the financial and family uh, advisors, they do really, really work. And you've proven it in the lab, quote unquote, and you've proven it in real life. There's a lot of exciting stuff happening at Sloan, and I know you're in the midst of it. And the use of social media to not bring people to the boiling point, but to bring people together. Where do you see the future of the work you're doing? I am a major skeptic of social media's ability to support quality dialogue. I think it, you know, it is our colleagues and the initiative on the digital economy at Sloan, like Sinan Aral and others, David Rand. I mean, they've, they've done some really interesting research looking at how fake news spreads faster, how emotionally intense kind of polarizing content spreads faster. And so the business model of social media, where the more eyeballs and the more attention and the more engagement people get, the more advertising revenue they get to sell, um, works, I think, against me, you know, what we really need, which is thoughtful, evidence-informed, calm, and reflective dialogue. I, so I, I'm active on social media. You'll particularly see me on LinkedIn because I think LinkedIn the um, has has a lot of facets of it that are um, encourage civility just mm-hmm. because there's so much reputational, professional reputation at stake. So people won't take a strong perspective just for the sake of doing it. And I think that we have to address the role that these tools are playing in the polarization of our culture and in, therefore in our ability to go and try to solve complex problems like climate change. Um, you know, that the, these tools can bring us together, but they can really tear us apart. And um, and I think we are all in an inquiry at MIT as technology people who are generally optimistic about the role that technology can play to think about, you know, how what would it really look like to harness these tools for collective intelligence and collective problem solving? And Tom Malone, who will also be on stage with uh with at the conference has thought tremendously about that um you know how can people and computers be assembled together in ways that are more intelligent than any alone um and has built you know platforms for collective problem solving and things like that so um, i think the conference will provide an opportunity to dig into some of those questions and certainly conversation is the first step face-to-face if you can do that these days and you should be able to post-pandemic the opportunities are there Uh, Professor Jason Jay, thank you so much for your time, and we look forward to seeing you at the conference. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate the the, the work you're doing on this podcast. Our thanks to Jason Jay for this discussion about the MIT Sloan Sustainability Initiative and family enterprise opportunities in environmental sustainability and social impact. FFI's mission is to be the global network of thought leaders in the field of family enterprise. To learn more about FFI's mission and membership, go to www.ffi.org. For more FFI practitioner podcasts and articles, or to submit one of your own, go to ffipractitioner.org. Thanks for listening.